Good morning and welcome to Sharper Iron. Spend the next hour with us studying the living and active Word of God. His two-edged sword of law and gospel, recorded for you in Holy Scripture, all about Jesus Christ, crucified, risen, and ascended for you. Thanks for tuning in this morning here on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. I'm your host, Pastor Timothy Apple of Faith Lutheran Church in Godfrey, Illinois. Sharper Iron is underwritten by the Lutheran Church Extension Fund, where your investments help support the work of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Visit lcef.org for more information. On this Friday, January 19th, we are studying 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1-13. to In today's text, St. Paul opens wide his heart to the Corinthians and appeals to them to receive God's grace in faith right now, in the favorable time and in the day of salvation. To help us sharpen our faith in Christ as we study God's Word today, we have with us regular guest, Pastor Jacob Dandy. Pastor Dandy serves at Zion Lutheran Church and School in Terrabella, California. Pastor Dandy, welcome back to Sharper Iron. It's great to be with you, Tim. Pastor Apple. As we get started today, give us some context. What should we know about this epistle and what St. Paul's been saying leading up to chapter 6? Yeah, so uh, up to this point in the epistle, um, uh, Paul has uh, been kind of appealing to them, uh, appealing to the Corinthians to uh, um, continue to grow in the Word, um, to to keep their eyes focused on the glorification that we have in the Gospel, the, the gifts of, of the Gospel. Um, and also in the midst of it, um, he's been very realistic about the, the things that uh, make life difficult in this world, the, the effects of sin. Uh, and then as we, we've worked up into this point, he's talked about how we are then reconciled uh, to God in our sin, and that Paul has what's called the ministry of reconciliation, that we um, are reconciled to God through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, uh, and in that, then, call, Paul himself, and uh, Timothy as well, has been uh, given this calling of reconciling um, others to God through the preaching of the gospel. The reconciliation is Christ's reconciliation, and so his job is to proclaim it. Um, uh, they are ambassadors for Christ, making this appeal. And then right before our section here, we have verse 21 that says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And so uh, he, he's made this point, this clear proclamation of the gospel, um, and in this gospel, we're reconciled to God, uh, and and so that gospel, as you know, maybe uh, with with the light of Romans ten seventeen, right? That faith comes by hearing, and so now it's the time uh, to be reconciled, and that's where Paul is going to start us off with today. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into this text. This is Second Corinthians chapter six, beginning at verse one. Working together with him, then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, In a favorable time I listened to you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We put no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God we commend ourselves in every way, by great endurance in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech and the power of God, 
with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise. We are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing everything. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted in your own affections. In return, I speak as to children, widen your hearts also. That is our text for today. That is 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 to 13. Pastor Dandy, as our text starts, again, connected very closely to the end of chapter 5, Paul says in verse 1, working together with him then, we appeal to you. So before we get into what that appeal is, just talk about this nature of the ministry, working together with him in this ministry of reconciliation as the ambassadors of Christ. Yeah, it's, it's actually a really interesting thing, Paul's use of word here. Uh, he uses the word uh, synergeo, which means to work with or to cooperate with, which, you know, um, and it's where we get the word like uh, synergy from, right? Um, and if, if, you're, if you're really exposed to Lutheran thought, right, you know, it's one of those things where we're like, ugh, that's gross, right? Um, because we, we don't like the idea of thinking that we cooperate in terms of our salvation. Uh, we don't like using that type of word because um, um, uh, in the Lutheran faith, that the, the, the bedrock of the Lutheran faith is that salvation is the work of Christ alone, right? We have the solas, it's faith alone, grace alone, scripture alone, Christ alone, to God alone be the glory, right? Uh, and yet here Paul uses this word synergeo, it's where we get the synergy. It's the opposite of monergism, right? There is the one worker of salvation, but then we think about the work of the ministry. And, and then that's one of those things where we actually are called to work and cooperate with God, those, those ministers of the gospel. And so, so Martin Luther, he, he, he puts it this way. He says, therefore, God is the true master within, in the heart. He performs the best work, and then we help him serve him to this end externally with the ministry of preaching right? And so when Paul talks about having this ministry of reconciliation, um, this ministry of preaching, and, and what we would call now in the church, it's the office of holy ministry. Um, it is this, this divine work in this divine office that's occupied by weak and sinful men um, who are called by God to preach his word in all of its fullness, right? Um, and, you know, uh, I think sometimes it would be very useful for us to really talk about, and, and I know we as pastors, we talk about the work of the ministry, but I think sometimes people don't realize what the work of the ministry is, right? Um, pastors aren't called to uh, maybe be your therapist, right? Um uh, pastors aren't called to, to fill out the TPS reports or whatever, you know. Um, uh, pastors are called to preach. And, and you know, you get kind of that fallacy then, oh, well, pastor only works one day a week or something like that. Um, no, that there's a labor to that. Um, there's, there is, there is a toil 
that goes into the office of preaching the word of God. Um, you know, pastors are, are are laboring in the word. Pastors are um, visiting and speaking to the people. Pastors are um, um, studying the scriptures more deeply um, and and uh, exhausting themselves in, in prayer. Um, uh, they're they're going about the the visitations of the sick and the elderly and the shut-ins and all these other people. Um, and that 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 labor of ministry. Um, uh, is is one that requires sacrifice. Paul's going to get into the maybe the hardships of ministry in this bit, um, but in, in all of it, it is it is for it is for the good of the hearer. Um, it is a blessing to the church, right? Uh, and so, as as Paul says, "Hey, I I am uh, working together with him." Um, we we really ought to you know view Paul and and. Paul is inviting the Corinthians to view him um, as, as one who speaks with, um, one who speaks for, one who delivers the very words of Jesus Christ, um, uh, the one who delivers this final reconciliation that Christ has worked for you with God the Father so that you might enter the throne of, stand before the throne of grace with a cure, or not a uh, a clean conscience, right? A pure conscience, uh, as we as we are welcomed into the to the presence of the God who loves us, right? Um, through this forgiveness of sins that that has been won for us by Jesus, through this exchange, uh, this atonement that we have with Him, and so that the work of the ministry is uh, is is probably the most vital work. That, that is done publicly for the church and publicly for the Christian. Um, and, and so it's something that has a lot at stake. Um, like I said, it's, you're not, you know, your, your biggest priority isn't making your boss more money, right? Uh, your, your biggest priority isn't, um, you know, filling out the, the expense report. Um, your biggest priority is... Um, clearly communicating uh, the word of God so that people may hear it, uh, believe, and be reconciled to God. Uh, I don't know. You have any thoughts on that, Pastor Apple? Well, I would just just add that because you know the the way that the word synergism among Lutherans does have a a very negative connotation to it, and rightly so when it comes to our salvation. I think it's it's important to emphasize here that as Paul uses that language when he talks about the work of the ministry, that he does so not to take any credit himself, yeah. nor to give any credit to to any pastor or any faithful preacher, but rather to to commend yet again to the Corinthians this real ministry of reconciliation, so that they can't simply say, well, that's just Paul talking, and he's a little crazy. You know, he talked about being beside himself in the previous text, and so because he's a little crazy, we don't really have to listen to him, or because our pastor is just a little strange, don't really have to listen to him. So that this thought of, of working together with God, again, is not intended to give the pastor or the preacher any kind of credit, but rather to show that this ministry that he carries out is done by God's authority, so that mm -hmm. To reject Paul's writing here for the Corinthians to reject his ministry isn't to reject Paul, 
but it would be to reject the grace of God that that God is offering through the ministry of Paul. So yeah. we don't need to be afraid of that term synergism here, and we should understand it rightly. And when we do, we see yet again, this is all about God's work among us to bring his, his grace and proclaim it to sinners. Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly right. Um, when pastors preach, they don't preach, and, and Paul Paul makes this very clear throughout his his uh, um, uh, really entire corpus when he talks about the work of the ministry, right? Um, you know, in, in 1 Corinthians 4, he talks about being a, or, yeah, 4, he talks about being a steward of the mis, uh, mysteries of God. Uh, well, what does it mean to be a steward of anything? Well, it means that you are, you are, holding and making use of something you do not own, right? Uh, it's something that does you don't possess. It's something that you put to good use and put to appropriate use according to the will of the person who does own it, right? And so uh, we, we think about this in terms of the, the work of your pastor um, and the work of the ministry. It's, it's really you are giving the people things that aren't yours um, at the command of the one who wants them given out. Right, um, you are given the um, we are given the scriptures to preach and teach them. We're given the sacraments to administer them rightly, according to the will of the one who institutes them and hands them over to the church. Um, and, and that means a lot. Uh, it, when when pastors are truly living in their vocation, um, they it's. You know, and every pastor has their quirks, right? I, I think, you know, every pastor has their, like, um, you know, horse that they like to beat to death from the pulpit, or every pastor has their kind of silly practice that they really want to insist on or or, or whatever. And and uh, if you know your pastor, you know what it is, um, and and you bear with him in love, and you, you rejoice that your pastor actually cares enough to have a quirk that he's going to insist upon and, and accept him for that. But when your pastor is rightly working according to his office, what he is preaching to you isn't like his mere opinion on something. He, what he's preaching to you isn't just his personal advice to you. Um, what he's preaching to you uh, is, is the very word of God. And uh, that's that's how it ought to be rightly regarded. Um, it should be regarded as something that God is giving to you through this man who who stands in the pulpit for you, uh, who occupies the office of ministry for you, um, put there by God, sent there by God for you, right? And it, that's a gift, um, and it's a gift that shouldn't be taken lightly. Um, uh, uh, yeah, anyway, there you go. So as uh, Paul says, then, working together with him, we appeal to you, and here's the appeal, not to receive the grace of God in vain. What What's entailed in the appeal as he lays it out in verse 1? Yeah, so so Paul's saying, God has sent me here for this ministry of reconciliation. I am writing you uh, for this ministry of reconciliation. So so hear it. Um. Uh, receive what God is giving to you, right? Luther, he says, he says this, he says, to accept the grace of God in vain can be nothing else than hearing the pure word of God in which the grace of God is offered and yet remaining apathetic and not accepting it or remaining as you were before you heard it. And I, th I think that's, 
that's the key. Um, it's to, to hear the word of God and remain unchanged by it, right? Um, and, I, and I don't, you know, I, I want to be clear about that. To remain unchanged by it, what I mean is that you hear the word of God um, and it provides no comfort or it provides no rebuke or it provides no desire um, for, for greater mercy from Christ or it provides no hope in the gospel or, you know, that there's, there's nothing that comes from it, but you remain. And, and I love the, 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 the word that Luther used there. It's, it's, you remain apathetic. Uh, uh, you remain uncaring. Uh, that that it it's really okay. Well, that was nice, and you move on with your day, uh, and and you you leave the hearing of the word, and and it it really just doesn't change anything for you, right? Mm -hmm. um, and and that that that's the result of maybe hardening of the heart, or that's the result of um, uh, you know uh, an intense. Um, connection or uh, temptation to sin or um, uh, uh, spiritual blindness, whatever it may be. Um, and and I think that's a, a persistent danger that even in, even Jesus talks about, right? We have the parable of the sower, right? Um, where we, we have we have the ones who, uh, you know, we have the, the, you know, you think think about the seeds, the word of God, all of that with the parable of the sower. You have the seeds that are scattered on the path and they're devoured, right, by the birds. They're, they're taken away. Um, you know, Satan plucks the word from your heart so that you it, you, you don't receive it, period. It's, it's just nonsense to you. You don't want to listen to it. Um, you have the uh, the seeds that fall upon the, the rocky ground and, you know, it shoots up, but then has no root. It dies. Um, uh, you know, you have the, the, the adversity and the, the, the cares of this life that, that fall upon a person and they're to, that, you know, the, the sun scorches that faith away. And then you have it that's choked out by the thorns, um, that the, 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 um, uh, affections that stand averse to the gospel, that stand maybe in competition to the gospel, choke out faith, right? And it's only the case of the the seeds that fall on the good soil, where where there's fruit that is born, and and I think Paul is 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 talking uh, in a kind of maybe a wide array of things. He's talking about receive the reconciliation of the gospel, but then he's also talking about then beyond that. Um, bear fruit in that gospel. Um, don't remain complacent in just saying, "Okay, I've heard the gospel. Thanks." You know, but uh, that there, it's the gospel. It's 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 like it's like setting fire to a log. It's going to chemically and completely change that log forever. There, there, it's not going to be the same piece of wood that it always was. Um, you you can't go back to what you were. Um, and, and, and that's the same thing with reception of the gospel. It changes who you are. Um, uh, and, and that change within your heart, that, 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 uh, that maybe metanoia, that change of heart, that change of your mind, um, also then will result in, in change of how you live. It'll change how you think about things, change how you um, approach your family, approach your, your work, approach how you treat other people. Um, um, and it'll change your outlook on the world, right? Um, 
if you if you look, look at the, how the world handles things, this, and this is maybe I'm getting into the weeds, but if you look at how the world handles things um, outside of the Christian confession of faith, everything's a crisis, right? Everything is an existential. Um, uh, this is going to end life as we know it type of thing, right? Um, uh, that people get worked up over, you know. Uh, who gets elected into office or, or what war is going on in what corner of the world at this moment or um, how much the price of eggs is right now. And, and, you know, these things are important. We don't want to ignore them. But, like, as a Christian, I don't really worry about these things as much as the world does because I know how it ends. Uh, you know, the gospel has given me the end of the story. Um, and so I, I endure... Um, I love my neighbor. I care about things for the sake of my neighbor. But at the same note, man, I I'm I don't feel nearly as stressed <laughs> as the world seems to want to be all the time lately. Um, and and uh, and that's a change that the gospel works in us, right? That is a fruit of faith in Jesus. And and so we we have all of these things kind of coalescing together. Um, Paul saying, hey, don't receive this in vain. But hear it um, and, and rejoice in, in the change that it brings in you, right? Uh, and I love how Paul, Paul moves from that and he says, now's the time for it, right? Um, he quotes from Isaiah here. He says, in a favorable time I listened to you and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Um, and, and now is the favorable time. Now is the day of salvation. So receive the gospel. Believe in it grow in it, bear fruit in it. Um, and now is the day, um, if you've had a, a, if you've had something bearing on your conscience and it's been causing you great grief, now's the day to call your pastor and schedule an appointment with him to, to have private confession and absolution. If you've been away from church for six months, now's the day to, to um, uh, uh, make sure you go back this Sunday. Um, uh, if, if you haven't read your Bible in years, if it's collecting dust on a bookshelf, now's the day to open it up and read it. Um, now's the day to engage the scriptures with prayer. Now's the day to, to hear what Jesus has to say about the forgiveness of sins. If you have a child and you haven't baptized that child yet, if you haven't brought that child to Jesus to hear the word of God and to, to be washed in the regeneration of the Holy Spirit, well, now's the day to call your pastor um, uh, cause, cause that, that time is more limited than you think. Life goes by a lot faster than you think. And our affections can be robbed from us. Um, uh, our, our, our hearts can be distracted to the point where we, we forget where we're meant to be. Um, and, and all of a sudden that time has gone by and the time has passed. So, Today is the favorable day. Today is the day of salvation. Hear the word of God. Receive the ministry of reconciliation. Come to church. Um, uh, read your Bible. Uh, grow in the gifts of grace. Bear fruit uh, in the in the spirit of Christ. Yeah, think, thinking about that thought of, of receiving the grace of God in vain, which is the, the negative way of saying it, perhaps the one way to think about it is to look at the positive way that Paul describes how to receive the grace of God in the previous text. Mm -hmm. What does it look like to receive the grace of God fruitfully? 
Well, it means that the love that Christ has for you now compels you. That is what drives you. And, and as you were saying, when, when that love of Christ encounters you and you see what he has done for you, dying and rising for you, that changes everything about the way that you think and look and live. That, that's what it means to receive the grace of God, not in vain, but rather fruitfully. And then this this quotation from Isaiah and the way that Paul says, you know, when is this favorable time in this day of salvation? He says, it's now, it's today. It, it, I don't think we want to hear that, and I know this isn't how you were saying it, but we don't want to hear that as, as God saying, like, some sort of a guilt trip, but, yeah. rather, but rather His grace. Like, this love that Christ has for me, when can I have it? Do I have to wait for it? No, it's it's God doesn't make you wait until tomorrow or or when it might not ever get there. He's got it for you right here and right now. That that word now or elsewhere in the scriptures, that word today, that's the way that the writer of Hebrews talks about it. That's a that's a grace-filled word, not a not a guilt-filled word, because it means that God God has come to you with this news right here, right now. You you don't have to wait to have it. He wants you to, to have it when now is this yeah. favorable yeah. time and, and day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you know, it could become this this uh kind of weird altar call, right? You know, if you walk out of here right. now, you're you're missing out. <laughs> right. Uh, um but no yeah, synergism. No, we already said that. Yeah, and, and the fact that Paul um the fact that Paul is talking to them about the ministry of reconciliation um should be enough of a signal to them to say, Yeah, right now, listen to my words, right? because uh, it's there. God has sent his minister to preach his word to you. God has sent Paul to, to send this epistle to them. God has, uh, you know, that's what Paul is. He's an apostle. He's one sent of God. And, and, and that's, that's the, the beauty of it, I guess, here, is that, that God has not cut the world off from the preaching of his gospel. But, but he, uh, you know, um, uh, we have so many pastors out there, and we need more. We need more. Um, and you know, uh, young men out there, visit the seminaries. Go to one of them. Uh, go talk to your pastor about the ministry. Like, do it because we need more. Um, uh, we have a shelf life, um, and it you know, uh, and so we need to raise up the next generation continually. So don't don't take that lightly. But God raises up pastors to where. That we are out there, and we are there to preach, uh, and and God has not cut us off from His Word. Uh, that would be the worst possible thing that could happen in the world. And God has promised He'll never do it. He will never let His gospel cease to be preached upon the earth. And so, receive it. It's there for you. It's good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Believe it today. That's where God has it for you. Right here. Right now. <laughs> believe. Rejoice. We're going to keep looking at this text from 2 Corinthians chapter 6 on the other side of the break. You're listening to Sharper Iron on KFUO. We're talking to Pastor Jacob Dandy this morning. We'll be right back. Please stick around. Who does Lutheran Church Extension Fund serve, you ask? It's simple. We serve Lutheran Church Missouri Synod ministries and church workers with loans and ministry services. And it's faithful Lutherans like you, church members and church workers alike, investing with LCEF that makes it possible for LCEF to serve these ministries. 
Learn more at lcef.org. LCF is a nonprofit religious organization. Therefore, LCF investments are not FDIC insured bank deposit accounts. This is not an offer to sell investments or solicitation to buy. LCF will offer and sell its securities only in states where authorized. The offer is made solely by LCF's offering circular. Investors should carefully read the offering circular, which more fully describes associated risks. Welcome back to Sharper Iron. It is Friday, January 19th. We're studying 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1-13 to with Pastor Jacob Dandy. He serves at Zion Lutheran Church and School in Terrabella, California. Pastor Dandy, prior to the break, we talked about Paul's description of the ministry, this appeal that comes from God to receive His grace right now at this favorable time, this day of salvation, which is today. He goes on from there to describe what this office of the ministry looks like that he bears, that he is exercised among the Corinthians, and we encounter a, a what seems to be a pretty long list. As you start to go through the list, it seems that there's maybe three different lists or three related lists put together. Kind of give us the big picture of, say, oh, verses 3 through 10, these lists, and then mm-hmm. start taking us into that first section of it. Yeah, so, man, uh, you know, Paul loves to... Yeah, just reading through his epistles, I don't think there's a single epistle he writes that, that well, there probably are, they, you know, Philemon maybe, um, well, I don't even remember now, but there, there just seems he loves writing these extensive, exhaustive list of things, right? Um, and, and they're really fun. Uh, you get, in, in the list, you get like the fruits of the Spirit, you get um, the armor of God, you get... Uh, um uh the kind of the virtues of faith laid out there you know uh, there, there's 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 all sorts of things right um and and one of the 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 interesting things about what he's doing here is that there is there is kind of maybe the whole scope of of both his personal experience um as a minister of the gospel uh, as an apostle of Christ um but then maybe the the entire scope of of the ministry of the church held in, in the office of holy ministry, um, with both with the the maybe hardships and and dangers, right? And that's that's what we're getting in verses like four and uh, verse four, really uh, four and five is that we get the hardships and the dangers, um, the difficulties um, where there's you know imprisonments and and riots and labors and sleepless nights and hunger. Uh, afflictions and calamities, right? And I think it's very interesting that Paul starts at that point, right? Uh, it's really the humiliation of the ministry um, that 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 we see take place here. Uh, you know, just as just as we see um, maybe uh, Christ ministry start with his humiliation, we just had that with Christmas, um, the the his state of humiliation, being born in a manger. Um, enduring uh, the 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 taking on of human flesh, being made into nothing for our sake, right? We see that now with with the ministers of the gospel. He says that um, I commend myself, or we commend ourselves. He's talking about himself and Timothy here. We commend ourselves to you in every way, as servants of God, by great endurance in. And then he starts with affliction, hardship, calamity, beating, imprisonment, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, right? And we, we have the beginning of the list here, um, and it's 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 really his difficulty, 
And it, it's it's the opposite of how maybe people behaved at the time. Uh, you know, um, the ancient Romans, they, they had um, uh, this idea of something called dignitas, right? And so in the ancient Roman world, you wanted to accumulate dignitas, right? And, and so it's this list of accomplishments. And if you, if you look at like um, some of the great architectural works of the Roman emperors, on those, they would, they would list their accomplishments. So like, uh, you know, emperor Trajan, conqueror of the Germans, extender of the empire, blah, 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 blah. And they would list, you know, their great strengths, their great virtues, right? Well, and, and what does Paul start with? He starts with the opposite of his dignitas. He starts with, well, I've been afflicted. It's been hard. Um, I've had calamity. I've been beaten, imprisoned. I've endured riots. That's and you know, just look at the book of Acts. Every time Paul goes to a new city, he goes to the synagogue, preaches there, goes to the marketplace, teach, place, teaches there. Then there's a riot. He's driven out of town, has to go to the next place, right? Um, it's this continual thing going on labors, sleepless nights, and hunger, right? And so he says, yeah, I've, I've, I've preached um, according to a good conscience. Um, I have entered into this ministry of reconciliation for your good. And let me tell you, um, it has been a humbling experience. Uh, let me tell you um, that it's been hard. Uh, and, and so you have this, this first bit um, and it's all, and it's not like Paul's tooting his own horn by uh, saying, look how much I've suffered for you, right? Um, now, he's not doing like the guilt trip of a, uh, uh, of a, you know, uh, maybe overbearing mother or something, but he's, he's, he's talking about how, you know, how much of a mess he probably is and how difficult he is, but how, how great this ministry is that he would continue on doing it through these things that he would suffer the beatings and imprisonments, and he would suffer them with joy, uh, that he would suffer the riots and labors and sleepless nights, that he would endure the hunger um, because of the joy that's set before him. That, that, uh, and he would actually count these things as, as gifts and blessings. Um, and, and maybe when we think about that in terms of the confessors and martyrs of the early church, right? Um, that they, they saw themselves counted worthy as to suffer with Jesus or to suffer um, for the proclamation of the gospel. And so when Paul talks about his hardships and his labors and all of these things, he's, he's really saying, uh, look at the joy I have set before me, um, that these things are, 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 are nothing compared to the gifts of the gospel that I have, right? And so um, that first section of Paul's list here really is to, to, to commend the gospel itself, to commend the reconciliation uh, itself, to say, ah, these things, these things are doable um, because I have the gospel of Christ. Yeah, the the matter of his sufferings, his his persecutions. Keep that in mind. That's going to come up again later in this same epistle, after this list here in chapter six. Now, as we move then into verses, I would say verses what six through eight and a half, eight eight mm -hmm. a. Yeah, it seems. And I forget the the title you were given to this to me earlier. What what would you the next section of this this list? How do what's he talking about here? 
Um, yeah, so um, I go back and forth, but I I calling them either either the the virtues of ministry, or or, or the fruits of ministry, right? Um, that he he starts then talking about the things that that um, grow in the heart um, as as you live in the ministry of the gospel, um, and it, it flows from the reconciliation that we have in the gospel. Um, it flows to the reconciliation that we have in Christ, that that Christ makes his ministers Christ-like. But then also then um, it it grows through uh, um, love for the neighbor, right? And, you know, it grows through this this care um, and this sincerity that you you want people to hear what you have to say, right? Um, and that that God God very very wonderfully will often help men remove the obstacles that they have in preaching the gospel. And most of those obstacles um, have to do with ourselves, um, our own sinful flesh, um, our, our, own, our own personal weakness. But here, here we see these, these, this list of virtues. He says, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech, and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, right? That that he has has these 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 things that have been worked in him by once again the 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 reconciliation that he has in God, um, that they have borne fruit, and uh, this fruit has been born in him and Timothy as they are there as preachers of the gospel, but then also. Um, that it's not exclusive to them, right? It's the thing that through the preaching office and, and through the gifts of God, um, the means of grace, right? Through the, the preaching of the word, through, um, through the absolution, through the, the uh, um, gifts that we have in our baptism and in our life of faith that God provides for us, um, they are things that are extended to the Corinthians, right? They're extended to the hearers and the receivers of ministry um, that, that the entire church might grow in purity and in knowledge and patience and kindness, that they all might grow in the joy of the Holy Spirit and genuine love, that they might grow in the truth and the power of God, that they might have the weapon of the righteousness of Christ for the right hand and the left, and that righteousness of Christ would manifest itself in actual, you know, righteous acts, right? Um, that, that these things um, flow from uh, the, the word of God, where God brings about this, once again, bearing a fruit in the life of faith for the Christian. And, and so here, here this, this maybe second part of the list, um, we, we see, um, I, I, like I said, it's, it's both the virtue that God calls his ministers to, right? And we think about maybe 1 Timothy chapter 2 where he talks about um, the qualifications of a pastor or an overseer, right? Um, th these, these line up pretty well. But then also then we see the fruits that flow from it, um, the changes that are worked in us. Um, and when I say us, I mean the, the, the whole body of the church through the continual and faithful preaching of the word of God. Uh, any thoughts on that? 
Well, no, I just want to keep us moving through this through this list so that we we make sure we cover all it because there is a, there is a lot here. Yeah. In the again the second half of verse eight, it seems that the list transitions to a series of contrasts, which we've seen Paul use this this same technique previously in the in chapter four where he talked about the the treasure in the jars of clay. You have one but not right. I mean, so a back and forth kind of thing. Get that series of contrasts here. It starts with we are treated as impostors and yet are true, and he goes on from one contrast to the next. Uh, this is the last part of this long list. Uh, what do we see in, in verses uh, 8b through about 10? Yeah, yeah, and so here you, you get almost maybe the reputation of ministry, but um, maybe, the uh, and, and the word I want to use maybe is judgments of ministry, right? Mm. Um, where you're both honored and dishonored, you're both slandered and praised, um, uh, you're treated as an imposter, and yet you're treated as true. You're you're unknown, and yet well known. You're dying, and behold, we live. Uh, as punished, and yet not killed. As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. As poor, yet always making rich. As having nothing, yet possessing everything. Right. Um, and so, and and really, it's a contrast, um, perhaps, as um, between the judgments of the world, and, and then the judgments of God. Right. Um, say, and, and Paul wrote in First Corinthians about um, what 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 judgment actually matters. Right, um, where Paul writes in First Corinthians four, he says, "But for me, it's a small thing that I should be judged by you or any human court. In fact, I don't even judge myself." And, and, and what's Paul Paul getting at there? You know, and, and Paul's not saying, "Hey, I don't judge my behavior." or um, um, I don't, I don't, uh, you know, stand in judgment against things that I've done that are particularly sinful. But what Paul is saying is that, that human opinion matters so little to him that he doesn't even judge himself. His own opinion of himself doesn't matter because the only opinion of him that does matter is God's. It's, it's God's opinion. And you know what? God pronounces honor upon his saints. God uh, praises his saints for the sake of his son. God says the word of his, the, the word that he delivers to his saints, the holy scriptures, is true. God knows us even though the world would deny knowing us. God gives us life even as the world might say we're dead. Um, uh, and God sustains our life even as the world would seek to punish us and destroy us and take us down god gives us joy even as the world might say look at that sorry lot of people god makes us rich in the grace of god even though we might be financially or tangibly poor um and god gives us his kingdom even though the world say oh you have nothing right uh, and so here here paul is finally saying hey um uh when I preach the word, I'm not preaching it to, to impress men. When I preach the word, I'm not doing it to gain honor or riches or wealth or fame or acclaim. I preach the word because it's the word God's given me to preach. And the only opinion that really matters to me is his, right? Um, which once again says, you know, brings us back to the, the, the first point. Receive this ministry because it's not Paul's. Uh, receive the preaching of your pastor because it's not your pastor's. It's God's. 
It's God's word. It's the word of reconciliation that Christ has given us. And so hear it because um, we're, we're not preaching for ourselves. And if we are, we're wrong. Um, if we are, we need to repent. Um, and, and sadly, you know, sometimes I think our ministry is discredited um, and the ministry of the church at large, the true church at large, is discredited by charlatans who do preach for themselves and do preach for their own gain. Uh, but for the true Christian and the true pastor and the true church, that's not the case. And so what Paul Paul is really um, saying here is, yeah, there's going to be there's going to be judgment and there's going to be difficulty, there's going to be strain, there's going to be suffering, but there's blessing, and there's fruit, and the word of God is with you, and the judgment of God is with you. Um, God is actually on your side, commending your ministry as you, Pastor Paul, are preaching the truth, right? Um, and yet, it's not going to be without its earthly difficulty. Um, uh, it's not going to come without the false and, and painful judgments and dishonor that the world wants to heap upon the office of ministry. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those things. If you ever see uh, a minister of the gospel, a pastor, portrayed in, in pop culture, you know, how do they always appear? Uh, you know, disconnected or slightly naive or, or buffoons. You know, you never actually see an honest pastor acting in wisdom, right? Um, or corrupt a lot of times. That's, that's the, maybe the picture you get now is that, oh, yeah, that, that minister of the gospel, he's corrupt, right? Um, and, and so you're always going to have those opinions foisted upon you by the world, but they don't matter, right? Um, and they might hurt. They might scar. Um, there, there, there'll be times, even within the body of the congregation, where people will say things that that actually are, are painful to the pastor, where somebody might, even with the best intentions, slander or dishonor their pastor. Um, and, and those things do bring difficulty, and they do bring scars, and yet, they don't matter, um, and <laughs> uh, in, in the grand scheme of things, they're 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 unimportant. They're unimportant to Paul. He he said, "I'm going to preach to you." This is what he's saying. I'm going to preach to you the word of God, and it doesn't really matter what people think of me for it. Um, any, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think just from the then from the the pastor's perspective, from the preacher's perspective, to looking at these three lists to recognize how these things are all going to be a part of the, the pastoral ministry and to not lose heart over it, to, to be of good courage, as Paul has said elsewhere in this mm -hmm. epistle. And then from the sake of the congregation or from the perspective of the congregation, when you see these things in your pastor's ministry, again, also not to lose heart, uh, to live by faith rather than by sight, that, that these things happening within your pastor's ministry, especially when it comes to the persecutions and the the perceptions of the world, the judgments of the world, that these things don't mean that your pastor is illegitimate, uh, but rather to live by faith, knowing what God has declared about the, the ministry. And even then, just from the perspective of the congregation, to recognize that as these things may happen to an individual pastor, as they happen to Paul, he does use that language of we. He talks about himself and his co-workers. And so these these things in these lists might be the, the realities for the whole Christian congregation, that a, a Christian congregation might experience the persecutions that he describes and, and might have the judgments that he describes. But but then those those virtues, those fruits of the ministry to 
to cling tightly to those uh, there in the middle to see that the way that the Lord is at work, even in the midst of uh, what looks like weakness in the world, yeah. I think is a, a really strong encouragement from this section of, again, what seemed like just long lists, one thing after another. I think that's that's the encouragement we can gather from it. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, if, if you read this list, um, um, it, you know, it, at the end of it here and at, at, at the fullness of this list, if you read the whole thing in, as a whole, I mean, I, I don't see how the church couldn't be encouraged, right? You know, that, that God actually—and and encouragement means often acknowledging the difficulty of a situation, but still um, bringing, bringing hope to it and bringing gifts to it. And, and I think a lot of times we, we, we want to kind of paint over the difficulties that we have in this life because we, we want to pretend like we don't have difficulty. Um, and I, you know, I, I'll say this again, you know, if you're considering being a pastor, young men out there, consider it, but no, it's, it's going to be the hardest job you ever do, right? It's going to be difficult. Um, there are going to be struggles, um, and, and they're going to be struggles that you have no control over and you have no ability to fix and you have to just commend them to God in prayer and you are going to have to uh, live by faith through these struggles because um, uh, they're going to keep coming, right? But in all of it, what do we see? We see the, the, the reconciliation that we have in the gospel of Christ stands above all of it and that as you live in your Christian congregation, as you live in your calling, it will be blessed. Uh, um, God will God will bear fruit in the ministry. It may not be the fruit you're looking for, but God will bear the fruit of the ministry, and it'll be good. Um, and and that's the cool thing about it is that God works uh, works great things uh, through maybe the bearing of some of these crosses. Mm. Now, Pastor Dandy, as our text concludes in verses 11 through 13, Paul opens wide his heart. These are not just, he's not just opening his mouth wide, but he's actually opening his heart to the Corinthians, and he calls upon them to, to do likewise. We've got about four minutes here left on the morning. Help us to wrap things up with these, these last very heartfelt verses from St. Paul. Yeah, he says, We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted in your own affections. In return, I speak as to children, widen your hearts also, right? And so what, what's Paul saying here? I haven't held back, you know? I haven't kept some secret knowledge for myself. I've told you everything. And, and you look at how candid Paul is here, really. Um, uh, and throughout the entire writing to the Corinthians, he, he's really... Um, uh, speaking personally he he's 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 really opened up his life for them uh, both as an example of faith and an object lesson for them and he's saying i i haven't held back the teaching of the word for you either you're not restricted by me i have not limited what i am willing to preach or teach to you um but and and this is the struggle and this is the struggle we all have uh, we're restricted by our own affections. Um, that that sometimes the affections that we have according to our flesh put um, a block between us and the gospel. They they plug our ears to certain things. They make us um, 
Um, nose blind, if you know what nose blind is, blindness is, it's when you're around a smell and you're around it so much you can't smell it anymore, right? You just turn that off, right? We become nose blind to certain sins or situations in our life. Um, or, or once again, our affections make us apathetic to what's really important. And so Paul says, widen your hearts. Uh, I have opened my heart to you. Widen your heart to what I've preached to you. Uh, hear it. Uh, it's, it's the thing you need more than anything else. Um, you need the reconciliation that we have in the gospel of forgiveness of sins. We need the forgiveness of Jesus every day. Um, uh, you know, uh, sometimes I, as a pastor, sometimes you, you almost feel like you're a car salesman just trying to convince people coming to church is good for you, right? Um, and, and a lot of people treat you like uh, you're selling them snake oils or something. Uh, no, you, it, come to church, come hear the preaching of the word, read your Bible, because it, it's the ultimate good. It is the medicine of immortality. It is the life and salvation that we have in the gospel. It is what opens the kingdom of heaven to you. Um, and so don't, don't be restricted by your passions, but live by faithful repentance. Let the old affections die with your sinful flesh. And, and grow in the reception and in the hearing of the gospel. And, and so that's, that's where Paul, Paul leaves it here. It's, it's this very personal, candid um, opening up of himself so that they can be opened to. Pastor Jacob Dandy is pastor at Zion Lutheran Church and School in Terrabella, California. He has been helping us today to study 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 to 13. Pastor Dandy, thanks for being our guest today. It's always a pleasure. Do not receive the grace of God in vain. The preachers that God sends to you, your pastor is sent by God to declare his message, that his grace is for you. When is that favorable time? When is that day of salvation? Right now, today. Do not receive this grace of God in vain, but open wide your heart, receive it, believe it in Christ Jesus. I'm your host here on Sharper Iron, Pastor Timothy Apple of Faith Lutheran Church in Godfrey, Illinois. If you have any questions about 2 Corinthians 6, send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org. It is always a joy to hear from you. Thanks for spending the morning with us. Talk to you again next week. Mm-hmm.